Hello and welcome to the first podcast from the heart of Antipol Diamond Center called On Becoming a Diamond, where we, Maha Gandhi and Ilana Brandwine, give you an exclusive insider's view into the diamond world and talk about all things diamonds, so, so you, you can, can become, become your, your own diamond. diamond. So hi and welcome to our latest episode of the On Becoming a Diamond podcast, where today we're going to talk about all things rough diamonds. And therefore, uh, we are lucky that I co-host this podcast with Maha Gandhi, who is a specialist in rough diamonds, and so is her family. So I want to hear, I know you've introduced yourself before, but I want to hear a little bit about why it is that you chose to specialize in rough diamonds. Well, before I specialize... Um, I didn't really choose it, but because my father was already in it, it was much easier for me to get into rough diamonds rather than the polished diamonds. And he has been doing this for years. So I just, you know, uh, joined and started to learn everything what he was doing. And I must say that this journey so far has been super interesting, very challenging. And uh, yeah. Yeah, because as well, there aren't many women in the rough diamond business. Yeah, that is very true. So whenever in... I go into an office to look for rough diamonds. They're mostly men. And sometimes they could surprise that, oh, there's women coming to see rough diamonds. They also sometimes take me, oh, you're here to pick up or like, you know, to give something. I'm like, no, no, I'm here to look at rough diamonds. So I'm here to estimate and so you, buy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So that's quite good because they don't expect it from you, but then you get going and you actually know how to estimate and look at a rough yeah, diamond. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. And, and I'm so glad at this point they started me recognize me as like, oh, you're the girl who looks for rough diamonds and comes for it. Yeah, so guys, I hope you realize that this is something so special to have a woman in the rough diamond. Yeah, a lot of women are in polished and jewelry. Um, but yeah, we have Mahak here. So she's going to explain a little bit to yes. us about, uh, let's talk about first what kind of rough diamonds there are first. Yeah, so we can talk about the three main categories that we usually put diamonds into in terms of their form. So you have crystals, you know, the perfect six corners. Mm -hmm. They're mostly very transparent. They're very pretty looking crystals. Most perfect item that our planet Earth can create. And then second category is the soybeans, which are basically crystals, but then their corners are a bit rounded. And they don't necessarily um, have to be very transparent. They have some coatings, but more on that later. And the third category is makeables. So they don't have a fixed shape. They can take in a very odd shape. You can't really put a name to it. Sometimes they are naturally in the form of like, let's say ovals, or um, they sometimes have corners. They don't have corners. And yeah, they're the most free category in a way. Okay, and I've also seen shapes like, we've got something that looks a bit like the map of Africa. Yeah. As well, it's actually a bit greenish from the Zimi region. Uh, and I've made it into a necklace for my brother. Mm -hmm. uh, I've seen uh, diamonds in the shape of a Star of David as well, a little bit. So they've just polished it a little bit yeah, more yeah. to make it look yeah. more like a Star of David. Uh, we've also got a very flat uh, horse's head yeah. Zimi as well that we've kind of polished into. Yeah, you know, sometimes you get also flat triangles with nothing much to do. And, uh, so yeah. what would you make with those? Would you just polish them in the best way that you can? Yeah, the best way you, you can, like the best shape that you can fit into it. Sometimes you can make a butterfly out of it, a heart, 
So we had last, our last episode was on polishing diamonds, but uh, for example, what would you say, how do you then, like, what would you do to get the best out of that particular diamond? So, um, yeah, basically the procedure of buying diamonds or choosing the best ones is obviously you look at the diamond with a normal 10x loop. 10 uh, times loop, yeah, yeah. yeah which is what we use for polished diamonds as well. Yeah, and that's pretty much the standard in uh, polish and rough and in the entire diamond industry. But yeah, we typically look at the floor C, you look at the carrot, what's the weight, you look at the color, you look at the clarity. And instead of the cut, we look at the, its natural shape, like the three categories, categories I mentioned before. And then uh, you also look at the fluorescence, not to forget, because that can also have an effect in the final result. And yeah, and we're going to explain about fluorescence to our listeners uh, in the next episode, which will be all about polished diamonds and what to look out for when you're buying those. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And so when we have bigger diamonds, let's say from two carats and up, you uh, look at it. And sometimes they're full of inclusions. Mm -hmm. So what we do is uh, put them in a machine. It scans it. We uh, plot the diamond onto a software. And then we you know, pinpoint out all the inclusions, the things you need to cut out of a diamond because it doesn't really fit well. And so through the scanning and planning and plotting, we see what the final diamond will look like. Yes, and uh, I guess what's also important is to look at the, the yield uh, yeah. it will give. So most often they will look what kind of uh, return on, their, on your investment Yes. when you're buying that rough is that you will get from a polished diamond. Yeah, so many times, and let's say an example, you have mm -hmm. a bigger diamond of like, let's say 10 or 15 carats, but then it would be so full of inclusions and uh, you know, not a good shape, and it doesn't look good. You would only get what three or five carats out of like ten or fifteen. Okay, so I can actually give you an example. I shared before when I polished a Zimmy diamond with somebody here on the market who was an expert. Uh, I think the diamond started around seven, uh, seventeen or eighteen carats. Yeah. Uh, and it was so included and complicated that we ended up with around five carats. Yeah. In an oval diamond shape. Yeah. So. Basically, the bigger the diamond doesn't necessarily mean the more valuable it is. It really matters how much you can get it in the end, what color and the clarity. These two have the highest effect on the diamond itself. Yeah, unless it's a very exceptional big rough diamond that you have found, yeah. and then they can cut a few stones out of it, like they've done with uh, this famous uh, Queen of Kalahari diamond from Chopar, yeah. um, and a few others as well. The Cullinan too, right? The, the Cullinan, yes. Big, like over a thousand carats, they cut into multiple Yeah, which we shared diamonds. in the episode on history of diamonds, which part of it is in the Crown Jewels Yeah. in England. Yeah, so like when you get the big part of a rough diamond that's the part where you get the most value on it but then you still have a lot a little bit of like tiny extra diamonds from here and there because you cut the diamonds and then you can get extra diamonds and get extra value out of it mm -hmm. yeah. and then what's interesting as well Mark, is that uh, different shapes will also lose different weights from the rough diamond so what about round diamonds yeah, so it depends. Like in, in white, that's the most preferred shape because uh, because of its the depth it has, the way the color and everything plays, yeah. and the light reflection. The light well. reflections. But then let's say in colored diamonds, round is the least preferred shape. But if you still get to manage a nice 
color in a round diamond is still more valuable. Okay, so what you're saying is that um, the fancy shapes like cushion, anything other than um, round, will usually it will be easier to get the color out of them than a round yes. diamond. So when you go look for color diamonds, the most common shapes you will see is cushion, radiance, um, pear, oval, mm -hmm. but very, very few rounds. Okay. They're not common. It's interesting because in Zimi, personally, I know that it's very difficult to cut those into rounds. So when you get those, they're extremely rare, extremely valuable. Yeah. But I personally prefer the other shapes like cushion cuts, emerald cuts, um, yeah. you know, radiant cuts or ovals in Zimi. But when you do get a big round one, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, but the, again, the color must be even, the symmetry, the clarity. It's like not one thing, but it's a whole picture that you have to look at. Yes, and it's interesting because we'll talk about it in the five C's in our next episode uh, in polished diamond. Colored diamonds you will cut for or polish for the most uh, color that you can get out of that stone rather than the cut symmetry and all of that. Yeah, the color and the weight. These yeah. are the two main um, yeah. characteristics. Yeah. Now for the rough diamonds, it's not always that straightforward. Mm -hmm. The different mines that have different effect are rough diamonds. So oh yeah, or oh, you mean different surfaces or uh, mines where they're found in different countries as yes. well. Yes, so let's say if you take Canada, Australia or Botswana, they are known for really good type 2AD color white diamonds, which are one of the most valuable. valuables. Yeah. And, and people collect them or buy them as investments because they have the least impurities in them. Yeah, yeah. And then let's say um, some regions in Africa, they're more known for its fluorescence. If you look at the rough in that region, they will have a lot of fluorescence. Or if you take another region, the uh, diamonds will have good color, but then it would have immense amount of inclusions, like black nards, like it's just dirt inside the diamond. So when you polish it, it won't have a nice clarity. It would be quite dirty. Or sometimes what happens is that you, let's say, take for our example, a yellow looking diamond. And the moment you start polishing, the color increases or just decreases or it goes away completely. So different mines, different countries, the earth, you know, they have an effect on diamonds. Yes. And I, what I've seen out of personal experience is that I've seen a lot of Zimi rough obviously thanks to my brother and going to Sierra Leone and there was an office here in Antwerp which said oh we have some Zimi rough we're polishing it currently they were showing it to me and I'm not a rough expert but I looked at it and I said that's not Zimi yeah. you know because it's also the shape and the structure of the stone and the way you can just see it and the, the depth of the color as well I could see that it wasn't from the Zimi region at all yeah yeah so and that's, yeah, for the Zimi. Yeah, and then, oh, when I was uh, in Sierra Leone with my brother in one of his offices, he doesn't just have mines, uh, but he also has people locally coming to sell diamonds uh, to him. And somebody was showing him a rough diamond, and he said, oh, that's not from Sierra Leone. He knows it so well. He said that's probably from Zimbabwe, and Zimbabwe has an embargo on it, so he refused to buy it, because that means, obviously, the taxes are not... or they paid to the right country and it's been smuggled in. So it's very important to know which rough diamonds you're buying so that you're following the Kimberley process. So you also know how to polish them afterwards so they don't explode because they can explode yeah. as well. Um, uh, for important stones, people usually take out insurance yeah, as do. well. Um, and then we love to compare it because of the name of the Unbecoming a Diamond podcast. 
we love to compare it to our lives like you know you can either choose to be polished by a diamond which is what we're doing as well yeah. in the you know we're being polished in this industry and we're paving our own way uh, uh, or we can explode and be you know yeah like be defeated by the things that happen so this is a gentle reminder to be kind to ourselves polish it slowly steadily yeah. and um yeah you know. take our time patience and of course that's great Mahak. and tell me something is there like a rough diamond stone that you prefer or that you relate you relate to the most and why oh do we relate um or would it be colored stones yeah i, I really like good colored dimes which has like a good color clarity they're the tough ones you know like intense yellows intense pinks these are my favorite ones but what i find a bit sad let's say the pink diamonds they're known to be included with you know nards and they're not straightforward i've never seen a pink diamond which is super straightforward clean perfect shape you just polish it and it's done no there's goes so much planning and thinking to make the best out of it and so, patience and patience and that relates back to what you just said be kind be patient with yourself and take yeah. it slowly it can so take they're months. the most valuable so that's why it's a thing that things that are pretty and good don't take them for granted you know mm. so mm. whenever i see a pink diamond you have to look so carefully and it's so rare to get you know, big carrots, like two carrots, five carat pink diamonds with a good color and a good clarity. Yeah, and that's what makes them so expensive and yeah. great investments as well. So, yeah, so what happens often that you, if you have a good color, you won't have a good clarity. If you have a good clarity, you might not find a good color. So to get the best of both of it and that to, you know, big, better, it's super rare. But that's why like uh, the Argol mine was super famous for its color. You really see like the pink and with a good great clarity too but mm. unfortunately the argal mines are closed now so the diamonds are super valuable and you don't get them that often mm. so if you can get your hands on it just go for it yeah. it's gonna be a great investment it has a lovely color and the yeah, it will just grow in prices. Yeah, and they're beautiful. Pink diamonds are really beautiful. And actually, it doesn't matter if they have like an SI clar clarity as well, if yeah. it's well located. And but we'll talk about that in the polished diamond like, <laughs> as well. This, so, yeah. yeah, and that's why these Argyle diamonds, they come from Australia. So when I say that rough diamonds, they have um, the effect coming from the place where they come from, let's say, yeah. For example, Australia, mm -hmm. they are known for pink diamonds. Mm -hmm. So, and another colored diamond which are known is brown diamonds. Mm -hmm. so they were marketed as champagne diamonds at one yeah, point. Yeah. yeah, they were very fashionable a few years ago. They're still pretty, actually, mixed yeah. into with white or yeah. Yeah. So at certain point, many times a pink diamond coming from Australia, sometimes it would have a brown touch. And that's sometimes you can recognize, oh, that's it's from that mine, it's from that region. Mm. So yeah. each region has its characteristics. So that's why each diamond has its own characteristics. So you can really make a link back to it from where it's coming and you can't really change it. That's mm. interesting. It's the same with Zimmy diamonds as well. Actually, the intensity of the color doesn't even come close to any other region. And as I've said before, the region is 25 square kilometers and it's the only place in the world where you can find those. And there's nothing coming out of the mines at the moment. So it's going to keep the 
you know, investment value of these diamonds is going to keep increasing and there aren't many available yeah. as well. And another like characteristic that I've seen is that sometimes diamonds would have a yellow or a green coat. Now, what does a coat mean? It's like, for example, you just take a glass piece and you would color with a marker, pink or green or yellow marker. And then you can see like how it's been coated in the marker, but from inside it's still white or another color and that happens through the like volcanic eruptions and going through nature's resources yeah it could yeah. be various reasons like just how the diamond is formed so sometimes these diamonds would have yellow and green coat and when you polish it it would turn out white from inside mm. or completely change the color so that would be really like a gamble that turned lucky yeah mm. and that's what makes rough diamonds super interesting so when you buy you, just, you can only put an estimate of it in terms of clarity, color and price, but you only really know when you polish it. Yeah, and that's why where today's technology comes in, and we were just discussing that, is that you can put it on a machine, map it, 3D map it, but still for colored diamonds, there's still a lot of human skill involved. Yeah, you it. need experience yeah. and these knowledge, you can't get it anywhere outside, but then just from your family or you buy one and you polish it, yeah. only then you can know. And yeah, yeah so that's why this makes this business super unique and that's why my grandfather always says that till the last day you will keep on learning something new about this industry and yeah. about diamonds. Exactly, and I've seen people polish, for example, I can talk about the Zimis again because uh, that's more my expertise. Um, you know, some people, if they know how to polish the Zimis and they take their time, they can come out much better than others. So there's only very few people who can polish these stones well. Luckily, we have them. Um, and, uh, you know, they are very, very complicated stones to polish because they have a lot of inclusions and yeah. can burst. and Zimis and pinks. And pinks, Th yeah. These two are, like, one of the most complicated stones. And one more diamond that I've seen, they have sometimes literal holes in them. Mm -hmm. So those are, again, different type of inclusions. And when you're looking at these rough diamonds, you see a hole and you make an estimate of how deep it is. Now what can happen during the polishing, the inclusions just burst more open and they go much deeper than you would have initially thought. And sometimes that can just ruin the diamond. Hmm. So those are also very tricky, tricky diamonds. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I think people don't understand how complicated this whole process is. Uh, and how much time and effort goes into polishing or estimating these rough diamonds and gambles that go into it. And that's why, oh, the amount of investment that goes into mining. Yeah. Um, and that's why the prices of natural diamonds are higher. But it's also an investment. Yeah, yeah. And that's why they also say that rough diamonds business in terms of nature, it's a business of illusion. Because mm -hmm. many times they think like, oh, it's going to be this color, it's going to be that clarity and you know you're gonna have a great return on your investment but nobody really knows until you polish it yeah and again you have to have a very highly skilled polisher as well yeah. which you, you should know from your family history and you've polished some beautiful diamonds yeah you know really skilled polishers to get the best out of that diamonds yeah, yeah. okay it. wonderful i hope you guys found this interesting thank you for listening and you know let us know what it is that you'd like to know more about in our business uh, so that we can keep creating great content for you. And do follow us on Instagram. Yeah, the handle, our Instagram handle is on becoming a diamond or at noble fine jewelry or, or at double gems. 
Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you.